Good evening and welcome to our evening broadcast. We are so excited for the Lugos and uh, they are going to be a great blessing to a different part of the kingdom of God. And that is always exciting. Um, I want to make a short announcement, which is go to newrqpc.info that you have never heard of that before. And if you click on the digital campus card, click on gathering hub and you scroll down a little bit. You can see our playlists that we've been running since this time last year. They have about 24 hours worth of songs on there. I believe now just good worshipful music. But the new thing is if you scroll down just a slight bit more, you can see also links for an Easter playlist that we have put together. We took some of the Easter type themed songs out of the, well, we didn't take them out of the normal playlist, but we copied them from the regular playlist. Songs about Calvary, songs about resurrection, songs about uh, the passion story, songs about redemption. Put those onto the playlist already. And then each day until Easter, I will be adding a new song to that playlist. So um, those are in Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, and Apple formats. So some of those are free. Some of those are subscriptions. We want everybody to be able to access this and enjoy worshiping together, knowing that your brothers and sisters are also worshiping to the same songs. Um, Easter is a beautiful time of celebration. I know we all love Christmas, but Easter is a time that is just as important because that's when our sins got taken away. And isn't that a wonderful, wonderful story? To move on to tonight's lesson, as Meg introduced on Sunday night, the theme of the week is why. Um, not why as in the letter or why as in YMCA, but why, the question, why. Um, and she did such a beautiful job introducing it. And as I was sitting there listening to it, I had already been studying for tonight. So I kind of knew where I was going. And it was just amazing because hers was part one and mine is basically part two, even though we didn't plan it that way. So a little funny story. When we were planning these lessons, we had a list of why topics. There were probably, I don't know, 12 to, four, 12 to 15 of them. And those of us who wanted to teach selected one. And so the person who had suggested this topic had one on there called why the refrain. Well, me being a musician, refrain to me means something different than I guess it did to this person. They were actually referring to why do we refrain from things, which is a totally legitimate other topic. But where my mind went was why the refrain? Now, refrain to a musician means basically the chorus. It's the part that gets repeated. So tonight I'm going to be talking about why the refrain uh, in that some things get repeated. Uh, when we experience God, everything is brand new. The Bible even says old things have passed away. All things have become new. So the new Christian really has a whole new set of things to learn. 
But after a while, it gets to where we've really kind of heard it all. We had one person say to my husband when we were in service, and this was a long time ago, this person isn't with us uh, anymore, they've passed on, but um, they said, I don't come to morning service anymore because I've already heard it all. It's, it's always just the same thing. And you know what? He was right in one sense, because how many times have we heard the gospel story? How many times have we heard that Jesus loves us and that he wants us to love one another and that he came to save us again? How many Easter's have we celebrated? A lot. As, as many as I've been alive, I've celebrated Easter in some form or another. So is that a problem? Let's look at a song, a song that you're probably all familiar with, at least if you're used to coming to our church, you are because we, we sang it regularly. How great thou art. So I'm going to read, I don't know if I'll read all the verses, but, but some of them. Verse one, O Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Here's the chorus, here's the refrain. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Now you see that chorus is very simple. It repeats even. Usually the choruses do even repeat within themselves. Verse 2. When through the woods and forest glades I wander, I hear the birds singing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and see the brook and feel the gentle breeze. Chorus, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Now, both of those verses kind of have to do with nature and observing the beauty of the world that God has created, thinking of his uh, might and power and love for us. Verse three. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on a cross, my burdens gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Now that's totally different. That's not about nature at all. That's about God coming to save us. Then sings my soul, my savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. One last verse. Let's see what it's about. When Christ shall come, with shout of acclamation and take me home. What joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim my God, how great thou art. That's a totally different topic, but the chorus fits, doesn't it? Then sings my soul, my savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. 
my point with reading this whole hymn and reading the chorus every time, hope that wasn't too boring to you. My, my normal impulse would have been to skip some of those choruses, but that's not the point tonight. The point is that the same thing, the same truth can apply to many, many different circumstances. And basically life has the same problems, the same struggles over and over and over, and then we die. Isn't that a happy thought? The same principles apply to these same problems over and over and over. We are coming up on a year of broadcasts. I know the news has been covering a lot of, it's been a year since, you know, the World Health Organization declared it a pandemic and it's been a year. Well, here we are. So how do we come up with new material? Well, you may have noticed that we don't. We really aren't coming up with new material. Does that mean we're being slackers? Does that mean it's boring? Does that mean that we really need to, to get it together and do something different? Well, let's talk about that. How many times in this past year, maybe you don't remember, but I promise you each of these have been dealt with at least two times, sometimes for two or three weeks each. We've dealt with fear. I know I've talked two or three times, different times about fear. Faith. Fear and faith go together, or they should. Baptism, one God, the Holy Spirit, sin, forgiveness, and redemption, loving God and what that means, loving others and what that means, serving and servantship, kindness, honesty, Calvary and the resurrection. I could go on and on and on. These themes that we just keep doing the same thing over and over again. So is that bad? Well, let's turn to the scripture. I don't know if you were here early. If you were, maybe you saw the banner at the bottom of the screen that said, please read 2 Peter chapter 1. If you did, then this will be a little bit of a review. But I want to do a bit of a, um, of a read. I don't know that it'll be a slow read, but it won't be a fast read of parts of 2 Peter chapter 1. Obviously, this is the first part of the book because it's 2 Peter chapter 1. But let's jump in verse three. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So uh, we have all the things we need. We don't need any great new uh, book sent down from heaven. We don't really need any new truths. He has given us everything we need for a godly life. And that's where digging your own well comes in. That's where Learning to feed yourself comes in as well, because once you're a discipled Christian, you have everything you need. You just have to apply it. We have received all of this. This is the everything we need by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Aren't his promises amazing? And they are great, and we need to keep them precious. These are the promises, 
these great and precious promises because of his glory and excellence that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And that kind of boils it all down. The fight we're fighting is we're trying to escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. His divine nature, sharing in his divine nature, because of these precious promises, because of his glory and excellence, that allows us to escape that corruption caused by human desires. In view of this, make every effort, every effort, every chance we get to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence. Now, I wonder if this only happens once. Is this, do you think this is an event? Uh, a one day you do this and then the next day you move on to something else? Or in your life, have you experienced that this is something we wake up every day and do? I try to get up every day and do these things because I never totally get it right. And even if I did hypothetically get it right one day, the next day I would guaranteed not get it right. I have to supplement my faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Ooh, that's deep. Moral excellence. I really want to be morally excellent. And supplement my moral excellence with knowledge. That's deep too. We have to be knowledgeable of the things of God. And then supplement my knowledge with self-control. Oh, that's a fight I fight not day by day, but minute by minute is that self-control. And self-control, oh dear, with patient endurance. I'm learning through this pandemic, especially, that patience is something I am not very good at. I don't like God's waiting room. The magazines are boring in God's waiting room. And the, the, there's just nothing to do. You're just sitting there waiting. I am not patient. But I have to supplement my self-control with patient endurance. And they do go together, don't they? And patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection. There's loving God and loving others and serving and brotherly affection with love for everyone. So it's not just loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, but it's loving everyone, isn't it? I'm not sure which of those is harder. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let me say, draw one, draw attention to one word in there. The more you grow like this. So this is not something that happens overnight. It is a growth process and we have to apply these things over and over and over. Every morning when you get up and your feet hit the floor, you're applying these truths to your life. But the more you grow, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll become more productive. We'll do better. And I like to do good. Um, and that's not a grammatical problem. I like to do things well also, but I like to do good in the world. And we will be more productive. And we will be more useful with our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Now, that seems like something that would be hard to forget. But if we don't remind ourselves on a daily basis, we will forget that we have been cleansed from our old sins and we will go right back to them. So, Paul is, or Peter is starting to sum it up. So, dear brothers and sisters, what should we do with that? Work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Well, that's quite a promise. We don't have to be scared that we're not going to make it. We don't have to be afraid that we're somehow going to fail if we do these things. And that is not something that then we have to worry about whether we're doing these things. No, God, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. There's that topic of fear again, isn't it? Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the last paragraph, the last section of this scripture, therefore, this is what Peter's going to do. Therefore, because of all this stuff I've already said, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. Okay, so he's not saying this is something new that I'm revealing to you. This is not something you've forgotten. He's saying, no, you know these things and you are standing firm in the truth. You're, to use our term, you're digging your own well. But I'm not going to stop reminding you of these very simple things. I'm going to keep reminding you of these things, even though you already know them. And you're doing what you should do. And verse 13, and it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. He's not going to stop. He's not apologizing. He's saying this is what I should do. I should keep telling you these same things over and over and over again. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I'm gone. So Peter is saying, here's some of the things that are important. And you saw none of them were revolutionary. None of them were brand new. They're all found in other places in scripture. I'm sure that the people he was writing to had already heard them. He says, you're already standing firm in the truth. Um, so this wasn't new. He's reminding them over and over and over. Let me go to some real life examples real quick. And this is an example I use with new converts because a lot of times they'll say, it seems like I'm just fighting the same battle over and over again. Well, I, I use the analogy of a, of a parking garage. You go in at one level and then you go up a ramp and you go around the corner a couple times and it looks like you're at the same level. And then you go up a ramp and you go around the corner a couple times and you're at the same spot. But 
if you look out the side, you know that you're up a few levels. And it seems like that's what God does with us. He keeps teaching us the same things over and over and over again. Hopefully, though, we're getting, in this example, I used up, but perhaps we're going deeper into his love or we're going higher, whichever way you want to look at it. So think of your walk with God as not a straightaway where you're moving down the road. It's more of a parking garage where you're going up and up and up and around in circles, but hopefully you're going up. Another example, our meals, our nutrition are really quite simple. We use the same ingredients over and over and over again in different combinations. How many times in your life have you had green beans? How many times have you had chicken? How many times have you had uh, rice? And countless times, I'm sure. Does that mean we don't eat rice anymore? We might get tired of it if we eat it too much of the same thing all the time. But no, we use the same things in different combinations and we feed ourselves. If you go down to a chemical level, you have carbohydrates and you have fats and you have proteins. And that's all. There's not other things. Carbs, fats, and proteins, period. You put them in different configurations. You put them in different combinations. And you feed yourself for your whole life. You add to that a few vitamins and minerals. And you've got all of nutrition right there. Uh, as I'm homeschooling my kids, I teach grammar all the way through. We start in kindergarten and we end it in 12th grade. Because even though you learn in first grade what a noun is, you might learn in, uh, in high school then how to use that noun or the particular things like gerunds or infinitives or those kinds of things that are very much more complicated but they're still nouns. You're studying nouns, verbs, adverbs. Then you go to adverb phrases and you go to adverb clauses and you go to, okay, but you're still learning adverbs. That's kind of how it is with God. You learn the same things over and over and over again. Uh, Desi uses the example someone gave him of a marching band. Now, if, you're, if you have a, a band that's doing a concert, the band will learn 30 minutes to two hours worth of songs. But if you have a marching band that's doing a parade, the parade might be, you know, if it's a, if it's a big parade, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, maybe three, four hours long, the marching band probably will learn two songs because it's always changing who's hearing the song. So sometimes, even if you've heard something before, your, your neighbor might not. And if you're a mature Christian, you can still get something out of the marching of, of the lessons. Sorry, I went back to my example. You can still get something out of the song, even if you've heard it before. One last scripture as I close up. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent of wor excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. 
everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. We have to keep putting into practice all of the things we have learned. They're often not new. They're often not revolutionary, but they are good reminders. And when I heard this person that I referred to at the beginning, I heard that they had said to Stephen, I don't like to come to morning service because it's just the same thing every time. I said to him, it is the same thing every time, but I can always get something new out of the service or maybe not something new, something I need to be reminded of. I've never sat through a Sunday morning service and thought, well, that didn't do me any good because I can take what's there and apply it to my life. I'm not perfect yet. And I always need the word of God. And as a mature Christian, as a mature disciple, you can dig into it a little bit and come out with a nugget if you know what to look for. I appreciate you listening. And I hope that we can remember as we hear the same song from the marching band over and over again, or we hear the same song from, or the same theme from the pastoral team, maybe in a different configuration, but it's still green beans over and over again. Remember that this is our nutrition and this is important. Doesn't have to be brand new, doesn't have to be revolutionary. The truths of God are awesome and amazing, even if we've heard them before. Go to Newark UPC where you can uh, make a baptism request. You can join us in giving. You can find all kinds of things in there. You can find uh, previous lessons if you want to go back and, and look up all those lessons on fear or, or whatever. If you, if you want to get another reminder of something that you might have heard before, or maybe you're a new Christian and it's all new to you. I encourage you to go to newarkpc.info and we'll see you tomorrow night.